Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations, first down, played it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braided. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a show we got for you today. That's another football Friday. College football national championship. There is still a national championship going to happen on Monday night. We'll talk about that. Has the layoff hurt the relevancy and the importance of this game as well? Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. Who would you rather have? And also, if Clemson wins this game, are they the new Bama? And how magical of a season it would be if LSU were to actually win this national championship. And also, who's winning the national championship? Two 14-0 teams. Time will tell. It's a couple. It's only a couple days away. And then the NFL. It's divisional round. But we're also talking about something that Dave Gettleman said last night that he's not 100% wrong on, that he's been getting bashed about. And are the days of the pocket passer quarterback dead but let me start off with this and we were just talking Ted and I was like Ted what do you want what what should we lead off with and he said get right to it it's there's nothing sexy about it's football weekend it's divisional round it's the best weekend in the NFL as most people say and as experts say it's the best weekend we get to see the, the best of the best with the exception of the Minnesota Vikings winning the game last week you have the best of the best playing this 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 weekend. This is considered the most exciting yes. NFL weekend of all of the entire season. The divisional round has always been looked at that because the wild card teams, you know, they're not the teams with the best records. They're the no. teams that just barely got in usually, and then the two other teams are the, the division leaders. Yes. But the two best teams of each conference is going to be having the home games. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the leaders of the pack. Yep. You know, and usually you're going to get the four best teams. Now, like you said, with the exception of the New Orleans Saints, I think you have the four best teams in each conference playing this weekend. And you think about the everybody will and everybody and you said it. Tennessee was the better team than New England the uh, last weekend. Absolutely. So they're in it for a reason. They're not there because of a fluke performance. They're there because they run the football. And like I said, we'll talk about that later on in the show. We'll discuss why running the football is maybe the major key ingredient to winning a Super Bowl. But we always talk about this, ladies and gentlemen. This is a quarterback-driven league, right? This is what you start your franchise with, right? It's the most important position in maybe all the sports, right? Okay. So we look at all the matchups. You look at the AFC. You look at the NFC. The AFC, there's three great young rising stars in this league and Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. And then you got the the rejuvenance of a new career. The rejuvenate re- rejuvenated career of Ryan Tannehill. Are you making words up right now? I am because there are people that make up words in this world. It, it just happens. It maybe, seems it to me. Maybe even but the, across from you. But the Ryan Tannehill story, an amazing story. And then you look at the NFC. You got two unknowns. Got two question marks. Kirk Cousins and Jimmy J. And then you got the two Hall of Famers and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. So that's how we're going to start with it. In the NFC. 
And it's very simple. And I'm not going to talk about the comparisons with the quarterback in the AFC because, well, let's be honest. You're taking Lamar Jackson over Ryan Tannehill, and most people would say they're taking Patrick Mahomes over Deshaun Watson. So this question was mainly about the NFC. And we'll also talk about as well quarterbacks. Who do you trust more? The four quarterbacks in the AFC and the NFC, who do you trust more? And as well, Jimmy G. Does he face the most pressure out of the four NFC quarterbacks? And Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. But like I said, the NFC. You have two evenly matchups. Two evenly matched teams. And you have two quarterbacks. Or four quarterbacks that are in the same plethora of talk. Of discussion. So we start off with the first game. Kirk Cousins against Jimmy G. The San Francisco 49ers, the Minnesota Vikings. We're surprised by this. Because we're ex we were expecting that this was supposed to be. The San Francisco 49ers against the Green Bay Packers because the Saints were supposed to win last week. Or not the San Francisco. San Francisco, you know, you get my point. You get my point. I understand what you're saying. But because of Kirk Cousins and the great th throw that he made and the play of his, his team, they're in the next round. So it's a very simple question. It starts with the first game. Talk Jimmy G. We know the story. Got the big contract. His first playoff game. What are we going to see from him? And then you get Kirk Cousins. The biggest game of his life last weekend. He wins. He delivers. But who would you rather have, Ted? Would you rather have Jimmy G? Or would you rather have Kirk Cousins? I'm going to ask you the same question as well with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers as well in a few. It's really simple for me. and But my answer has changed in within a week. And it's Kirk Cousins. And the one reason why I say that is because last week proved something to me. For the longest time in Kirk Cousins' history, it was always the what if or why not or he just couldn't get over the – there was always a there was always a but. There was a question mark. There was something that everyone else didn't want to believe in. And I always said, I thought he had something special, but like when he was with the Redskins, we saw so many times against – and we're Giant fans. We'll speak it from, from that perspective. How many times he would blow opportunities in the fourth quarter, red zone opportunities, throw a pick, and you're like, listen, this guy is a great stat pattern. He's great for fantasy. Mm -hmm. But when it comes in the big-time games, he didn't come up – yeah. He doesn't come up big. Yep. And then last week to prove to, I think, a lot of people in America that you can go into a hostile environment in New Orleans. And I said to you the other day, I said, do you realize the touchdown pass that he threw to Kyle Rudolph? He botched a snap on the, on the shotgun snap. He botched it, got it together, and made the correct throw. And it was a perfect pass, misplayed poorly by the defensive back for New Orleans, but right now it's Kirk Cousins. And the reason why I say that is because he at least he has the experience of playing in this game. And, mm -hmm. and I know you're going to ask the question later on, but I, the reason why I take Kirk <laughs> Cousins is because there was more pressure on Kirk Cousins last week. Than there is this week. Than, than there is this week because not that they, not that they thought he was going to win last week. Yeah, I'm not saying that. It's because this week, when I look at it, Jimmy G is the number one seed. He, he's the number one quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He was the one that was paid $126 million after, like, 13 starts for New, for the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. um, There's an expectation, I think, from the outside. It's like, listen, Jimmy G, first playoff game, what do you got? What do you – what are you going to give me? you got the best team, right? You have the better team. You have the better coaching staff. There's an expectation. You have the home field advantage. You're supposed to win. So I'm going to take Kirk Cousins. That's it. Okay. Quite and simple. You're going to take Kirk Cousins. He's playing 
Here's my thing, and I know people will say, oh, well, Jimmy G, this is a, this is an easy answer. It's pretty simple. I would take Kirk Cousins as well, and whatever you want, that's fine. But we still don't know what we're going to see from Jimmy G this weekend. We don't. We don't. He's played great this year. Don't get me wrong. That was one of the big questions coming into this year was what was Jimmy G going to do and how was he going to bounce back from the torn ACL injury? Well, he's played well. He played, he played at times great. But now it's crunch time. This is where you make your legacy. This is where you, and I've said this a countless amount of times, this is where you create your legacy. And it's in the playoffs. You could do whatever you want in the regular season. But it comes down to legacy in the playoffs. You want to win a championship, you have to be great. There's a reason why Joe Flacco will always be in the history books. There's a reason why Eli Manning will always be in the history books as a Super Bowl winner because they were great when mattered most. And these quarterbacks at the time, uh, in, during this time right now are in the same category as those two at that respective time. Flacco and Eli were, were not great quarterbacks. They were good. They were like, but there were still question marks. Jimmy G has that question mark. Kirk Cousins had that question mark going in the last week. Now, did anybody expect Minnesota to win last week? I certainly didn't. I thought that was the one game last week that I was – Easily that you were easily saying, bam, I'm all in on the Saints. Every other game you're like, eh, I don't know. That, that was definitely the game that I thought. Yes. Was, what, what, without had the question, better chance of being the blowout. Without question, most people in the country thought, for football fans specifically, you thought that was the one game without question. But Kirk Cousins went into, went into a hostile environment, and it's one of the toughest places to play in all the NFL. Seattle and New Orleans, without question. The two hardest places to play in the NFL. And Kirk Cousins made the throw of his life to Adam Thielen. And he played just a, great enough to win. And that's what it comes down to. You have to play great in those moments. He played great when it mattered most. When, their t when his team needed him. Unlike uh, past situations, when his team needed him, he failed. But last weekend, when his team needed him at most, he delivered, he made the throw of his life, and then he made it probably the second throw of his life, to win the game, the walk-off touchdown to win the game. I know Jimmy G had a better year this year. The team had a better year. But what I'm talking about is who would you rather have for this game? I take Kirk Cousins because he did it finally. That's, he won the, that, that, he that's fin so surprising that you would say that. He fin and, and, and I'm not a Kirk Cousins believer. And I, I've been one of the main listen, people. You're not, and you're not, I'm wrong, one of the, you're not wrong by whoever you, you, you select. Because, yes. Jimmy, listen, Kirk Cousins had great numbers this year. If you look at his numbers statistically since week five, he's been a top five quarterback. Yep. Now, I know everyone's going to give me an argument on other on all these other analytical things. And, well, and that's, fine. Be, and that's, that's fine. That's fine. Okay I understand. Everybody has an opinion. It's all listen, right. Listen, had, we had a debate with Uncle Jerry last night about just certain things with regards to Hall of Famers. And, like, yep. is it winning? Is it championship rings? What's your value? Because everyone looks at it a different way. Jimmy G has played exceptionally well this year. Yes. He has. But I he's need never to see played it. in a playoff game. I need to see it. I need to see it, and that's and that's what it comes down to. Kirk Cousins finally delivered when needed to, and he did it last week. I know. Look, it's only one game, but it was a game that nobody gave them a chance. With the exception of the state of Minnesota, nobody was giving the Minnesota Vikings a chance. They delivered. They won. I'll take Kirk Cousins, and that's saying a lot from a guy that has been anti-Cousins in – Every time we discuss so, Kirk Cousins, I've been the one. You've given him more credit than I do. Now, I bash I wanna, him more. I want to say something else to the reason why I chose Kirk Cousins. 
because I know some people think I'm wrong. When I look at when I look at these two teams, I look at mirror images of each other. They are mirror images. Jimmy G is Kirk Cousins. They are. Jimmy G is just a younger Kirk Cousins that hasn't proved it yet. These both teams have great offensive lines. These teams both have great running games. Look at these two teams. The Vikings run the ball the second amount, second most amount for attempts. Yep. Only behind the Baltimore Ravens, and we know that the Baltimore Ravens are far and ahead of everyone in rushing this year by yards more than a thousand yards than anyone else. But they run the football, and mm-hmm. I sent you with something the other day. Eight of the top rushing teams in the NFL during the regular season. And we'll talk, I want to get know, into know, that in a little. I don't want to get into so that discussion. So when I look at these teams, they're mirror images. Yeah. They, they play great defenses. They both have probably the two best defenses in the NFL, talent-wise. You look at the Vikings. They have pass rushers from inside and out. Out. They have great linebackers. They have great secondary. Look at the 49ers. They have the best pass defense in football. They have one of the best pass rush in football. You look at these. These teams are mirror images. Yes. The only difference is Mike Mike Zimmer is more of a defensive-minded coach, and Kyle Shanahan is offensive-minded. And that's what may, and Kyle Shanahan is the reason why Jimmy G is as good as he is. And if you don't remember, Kyle Shanahan was also Kirk Cousins' offensive coordinator when he was in and Washington. And also, to add to that point, just ask Matt Ryan how he did with Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator. Now, he, that could, he, be, that he could won, be the difference he, why you might want, want Jimmy G yeah. is because he has Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that could be, which but is understandable. But Stefanowski, uh, Steph, uh, Kevin Stefanowski, the offensive coordinator, who is also going for an interview today with the Browns. Is, is also a very highly recommended offensive coordinator yep. in the NFL. So... There's a lot of similarities between these two teams, and I think this game will be a very, it will be an underrated game compared to what people think of when they look at the Russell Wilson and, and, and Aaron Rodgers game, and with the and Mahomes before and we Watson. we get out of this, we will make our predictions for each game, so we'll see what happens. Who's going to conference championship Sunday? Let's get into the next game as well, and the other quarterback matchup. Like I said, the NFC matchup, it's it's both matchups are in fact are. are are so ideal. They're so mirror images of each other and these quarterbacks. And it starts with the quarterbacks. This one, the Hall of Fame matchup, the 640 matchup this Sunday, and maybe the most intriguing game of the weekend is the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. But Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson. This matchup, who would you rather have? Now, Aaron Rodgers, if we think about it, hasn't been in the playoffs since 2016. Let's take that into consideration. Everybody that loves the Aaron Rodgers thing. But Russell Wilson, what he continues to do each and every year with the talent that's surrounding him to deliver and be great consistently, I'm going to take Russell Wilson. I'd rather have Russell Wilson than Aaron Rodgers. Call me crazy, but for what this man has to do each and every week, battling injuries on this team, his three running backs out for the year, he had to get his old-time teammate back, Marshawn Lynch, to come back to see them and to, I know they played the Philadelphia Eagles, who were destroyed with injuries as well. But to see what Russell Wilson has done each and every year with the talent pool that surrounds him, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, fa- it's, it's fantastic to see how great of a player he is. You can't go wrong with either quarterback. That's the other thing. But if I had to take Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, I'm taking Russell Wilson. Also, since his Super Bowl run, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know what? I'll hold off because that's more for in a couple minutes of the pressure. But who would you rather have? You can't go wrong with either. Uh, there's no, I just there, said, there, yeah. there is no, there is no correct answer on this. 
There is no. You could go whatever one, whoever you like more. The only reason why I would take Russell Wilson in certain circumstances is because of his athleticism. I, they're, listen, Aaron Rodgers could are, do, But Russell Wilson's a little bit better runner. Of course he is. They're, they're both prolific passers. Yep. We, I mean, if you want to start breaking down quarterbacks, I mean, look at the throw that— You're putting both of them in your top five quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Tyler Lockett, that throw in the corner of the end zone on Monday Night Football, was amazing. Yep. I mean, look at the pro football. They show the commercial. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' throw— on Monday Night Football against the Chiefs this year when he was falling down to the left. I mean, like the loop pass. I mean, no, these no. guys can do special things. The team-wise, Green Bay's the better team. I'll well, take, who are you I'll, taking? Are you taking Rodgers or Wilson? I'll take, I don't care about I'll the take team Rodgers thing. because of one thing. This game is in Lambeau Field. And Rodgers has played in the cold a lot more, okay. has been more successful in the cold. He's got the home field advantage. That's why I'll take Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Don't worry, AFC. We're coming to you right now. We're going to jump to you. Because we haven't talked about the AFC. We've been talking about the NFC. And we'll get into the NFC as well again. But it's about trust. And trust is a a very important word in the world. And this is not just for the NFL, but you have to trust people nowadays. There's not a lot of trust in people. You don't trust a lot. You don't trust friends sometimes. You don't trust family members a lot nowadays. But you look at all these franchises right now, and I think the most important thing is that they have trust in their quarterback. They have faith in them, in each and every one of them. Even the Tennessee Titans. They have faith in Ryan Tannehill. But who do you trust out of the four quarterbacks the most? In the AFC? In the AFC right now. I want to start with the well, AFC. For me, that's easy. It's Mahomes 1, Watson 2, Lamar 3, Tannehill 4. And it, th- there's no argument. Okay. Don't tell me Lamar because it's one season and he had a great regular season. We've seen this before. Peyton Manning had great regular seasons and then it looked like crap in the playoffs. So don't give me that excuse. Now, next week if you want to come back at me and say, Ted, look at what he did against the Tennessee Titans, all right. But let's, 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 let's wait and see type of thing, Okay. I know what Mahomes can do in the playoffs. He's one inch and one idiot and finger away from being in the Super Bowl last year because someone wanted to line, off, line up off sides. Watson's spectacular. We've seen it. Saw it last week again. He's a highlight film reel every week. The team is his supporting cast. It's not that great. It's him, DeAndre Hopkins, and J.J. Watt and, every, and everyone else. They, there was no reason for them to be in that game last week except for Deshaun Watson. So if I'm going to rank them, I'm going to rank Mahomes first because I think he is, if not the best quarterback in the entire NFL, I think talent-wise he's the best quarterback in the league, and I think if he just can win these games and get to the Super Bowl, he will prove that he is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think when I saw what Deshaun Watson did last week when they were down last week. He is a proven commodity. I've seen it. I saw it against Alabama in the national championship game. I've seen it in big games. I don't have to use stats and pro football focus – I look in my eyes. I play the game of football. From my perspective, I know what I'm looking at. You can disagree with me. That's fine. That's why this is what makes sports so incredible because everyone has their own opinion on how they feel about things. Exactly. Lamar Jackson, he's been the best quarterback this season. Question of doubt. There's not an argument. There. Anybody that says otherwise is he not watching the, the same He threw product. for 36 passing touchdowns, and he ran for over 1,200 yards. Yep. Okay, it was video game-esque. 
He was the best quarterback in football this season. Not saying he's the best right now. He had the best season. No, we got to see what he does. And then Tannehill, listen, he had a great regular season to, to finish off the end of the season, okay? Yep. He was a top five quarterback statistically at the end of the season. Completion percentage, yards per attempt, every number that you want to go by. Go look at the, the numbers. But last week, they didn't win the game because of him. They won it because Derrick Henry was the best player on the football field, and they could not stop him. So that's why he is fourth. Okay. Me personally, I know this is going to come a bit of a surprise. If I had to do my trust rating, Deshaun Watson would be my, my, my number one. Because like you just said, Ted, we are football players. We played it. We've been around the game. Uh, no, I haven't for, played in the NFL. Sorry. I we've been around the game forever. And it's been through our family, and it's it been in our family forever. It's in our blood. Our father coached for 27 years. I played from when I was 8 to when I was 22. I, I didn't play. Look, I also I also coached. Look, I didn't. And then I also now officiate. So I've seen the game from all three and sides. I, of and the I league. commentate. I played. I commentate. Now, I don't ref. Doesn't make but that's another story. But it doesn't mean we're always right. Well, it doesn't. But I, I, I get a good eye from seeing great football players. That's why when I said a, couple, a month or so ago, I'm not surprised at what Lamar Jackson has done. I'm not surprised at what Christian McCaffrey has done because they're great football players. I would pick Deshaun Watson because he's been in moments like this. I know that this team is probably not going to win because they are just a Deshaun Watson-based team, and nobody else, it seems like, is around. Okay? I'm not saying he's the best out of the four either, but I'm saying that I trust him the most. And let's get that difference, okay? Because I know people are going to jump down my throat and say, oh, come on, Mahomes is the greatest quarterback since Slice. That's great. I get the point. But I'm saying that Deshaun Watson, if I had to trust a person because he's been in situations like that. Mahomes has delivered last year too, but I need to see more of it. And it comes down to that. Lamar would be my third, and I love Lamar so did Jackson. Did you say you were taking Watson one? Yes. Oh, I'm not surprised by that. No, but I know other people would be no, like, no, oh, you're out of your damn mind. Can I say no, I'm not. They did this because I've seen it. I've seen it for years. I've seen it since college. Dan Graziano was on NFL Live the other day, and they did something similar to this. And they said, rank the four AFC quarterbacks. And he had Deshaun Watson number one. Yeah. Because it's say, not crazy to put Deshaun as number one. Because maybe if Deshaun Watson's playing in Baltimore, maybe if Deshaun Watson is, is, is if in he's Kansas playing in Baltimore, City, or is in Kansas City with Andy Reid and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey in the offensive line and the yeah. running backs, we might have a different perspective. Okay? You can only be as good as you can be with the surrounding cast. Now, think about it. What would Houston be without, without Deshaun, Deshaun Watson? Watson? They would be a top five pick. No, I'll I make know. this thing. When Matt Moore had a substitute for Patrick Mahomes for the injury yep. against the Green Bay. Now, I know they lost, but they were not that bad. If you watch the game, they were. it wasn't like they got He more. just puts them on another stratosphere. He puts them in a whole other level. Yeah. So, I think Kansas City would still be a 7-8 win team. Houston without Deshaun Watson's a three to four win team, so that's, that's a, a four game difference. That's a, that's a fact. Now I think if Mahomes was in the Texans, they would be just as good as what Deshaun Watson. But I'm just saying, when you're with Patrick Mahomes and you're surrounded by the talent, when you got Hardman and Tyree Kill and Travis mm -hmm. Kelsey and Lashawn McCoy and Damian Williams and Andy Reid as your play caller and and you, Eric Bieniemy as your offensive coordinator. coordinator, I mean, you're talking about outstanding talent that's that's and personnel as person well. And as a puzzle piece, it all fits great. That's why I picked Deshaun Watson. Now, let me get into the NFC as well, because I think this is really a two-man race between the two. 
and we kind of just talked about them just not too long ago. Oh, I switched and over if, to and the and AFC. And picture. if you didn't, and if you didn't get to see the first part of the show, you could check us out on Spotify and YouTube at Keys to the City. What picture as we well. want to go to right now? Let's just go back to the picture we just used. Well, because I had, those I had, are the, the, I had the Lamar Jackson and no, uh, the, we'll talk. Burner. But these are the two. These are two best quarterbacks in the NFC for this season. With the exception of Breeze, these are the two best quarterbacks in the NFC. In the NFC. Oh, I'm sorry. I went to the Kansas City one. I apologize. No, the NFC. We're talking the NFC right now. And That's okay. the other two were there. Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G are there. We just talked about them. Who do you trust more? But it comes down to these two quarterbacks. Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Who do you trust out of those two? And me, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson again. I trust Russell Wilson. I can understand if people pick Aaron Rodgers because he's delivered in the playoffs when he gets there. Just ask Dallas. He's won a Super Bowl. I understand that. But I've seen Russell Wilson do the exact same thing, and we just saw it last week as well. We just saw him deliver a beautifully thrown ball to DK Metcalf on a third and 11. Great call. Where most teams, I'd say about 75 to 80% of teams are going to be running the ball in a situation like that. No, they took a chance with the quarterback, and they threw the ball. That's trust. Russell Wilson, to me, if I had to put the well, order, Russell call. Wilson is one. Aaron Rodgers is two. Number three, I'm going with Kirk Cousins because I saw it last week. And, that, and then four, to me, is Jimmy G. I'll, I'll, I'll switch it. I'll take Rodgers because— So like, kind of like what you just did with the yes. Rodgers. Okay. And then I'll take Rodgers one. I'll take Russell two. And that's—listen, that's—and people are going to look at that's a slight to Russell Wilson. It's not because if I could put them both in one, I would, and I'd skip two and you go You could do 1A, 1B. I, I, mean, I would go 1-1 one, one, and then three and four. Now— we were going. We were going to find an answer this weekend at four thirty-five yeah. on Saturday afternoon for the Jimmy G. Kirk Cousins thing. Now, if if Jimmy G.'s offensive line gets terrorized like it did that last Sunday night football game against Green Bay, oh excuse me, the second to last week, the Green Bay game where Green Bay, I told you, you're like Kirk Cousins stinks tonight. I'm like, listen, oh the Monday night game, I was, he was horrible. Game. Yeah, yeah, and I know someone's gonna correct me on it. If he if if he's getting killed because Joe, Nick Boza and D Ford and, De, and Eric Buck, Armstead, DeForest all Buckner, those guys on Solomon the, Thomas on, on the 49ers now, which are now healthy, yep. are destroying the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. I'm not going to blame him, but if he has crucial points where he has opportunities to make a play and he does it, mm -hmm. I'm going to fault him for that. So I will stick with Kirk Cousins because when we started the show, with you started with Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins, and I said I would take Kirk Cousins because. I'm not talking about future. I'm not talking ta about past. I said I would take Kirk Cousins over Jimmy G right now in this game only because of last week's game. If Jimmy G was playing in last week's game and Kirk Cousins was on the bye and Jimmy G won, I would take Jimmy G, and that's why. I just saw him beat the New Orleans Saints, and the New Orleans Saints at the beginning of the season was my pick to go to the Jimmy Super Bowl. Jimmy G also beat, I know. They also beat the Saints, I thought too. the New Orleans Saints were going to win the Super Bowl this year because I thought third was a charm, and going into the playoffs, I thought the Saints were the best team going into the playoffs because the way they were performing, Drew Brees had not been playing this great, I don't think, ever in his career. Michael Thomas was a beast. Alvin Kamara was starting to look like it. Their defense was shut down, and then they were going to have the home game, at least for the wild card round, and we all thought that and was I a guarantee. And I thought that was a guarantee yeah, because— it was a guarantee. That's why there's no guarantees in life except— Well, I can't even say it anymore because the New England Patriots lost. <laughs> but that's why it comes down to now there's only two guarantees in life, death and taxes. And that is a certain. What did you do, taxes? Oh, yeah. Death and taxes. <laughs> so the four for you were, as you said, you had 
Rodgers, Wilson, Wilson, Cousins. Okay. So let's get into. We just talked about trust. So what picture are we going with? What we want to go? We with? just talked about trust and how you have to trust people in life. Well, there's not a lot of trust factors in the world, and people don't trust anymore. And that's the thing. There's a lack of trust within the country. But these teams trust their quarterbacks. Now, there's another term that a lot of people don't like to hear. It's pressure. Nobody likes to be pressured in the world. But how do you deal with facing with pressure? Dealing with the adversity. And there's two quarterbacks that we've, that we've talked about countless amount of times on this show. And today we've talked about one of them a lot. And me, and you look at it, Jimmy G. Does out of the four quarterbacks in this NFC picture, is he the one that faces the most pressure? Now you look, you would say, oh, maybe Wilson. Maybe Rodgers. Cousins. Cousins shouldn't be in this position right now because we never thought that Cousins was going and this team was going to be here. But you look at it. Jimmy G had a good year. At times he was great. Got the $137 million and a half dollar contract he just signed. But now we get to really see Jimmy G, playoff Jimmy G. We've seen him in the regular season. Oh, well, he was good with the Patriots. They won. They won this year. Okay. Playoffs is a whole different animal. Am I wrong? Playoffs is a whole different animal. You don't see me arguing. It, it takes the next step from here to being good to taking that next step to being great. And just as Jim Kelly, just as Warren Moon, just as Dan well, no. just as well, they Dan, were great in the playoffs. They, they were great. They, 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 they never the won though, but they were always great. But they were never all time great because they can never uh, win the big one. I know someone's gonna argue, but I would use the A Rod thing in baseball because when baseball playoffs came around. He had 52 home runs during the regular season, bat 325, and then he would bat 143 yep. in the playoffs. You got to to be great. To be legendary. And legendary, and to take it to a Hall of Fame level. You Why have do to we be always... great in the most important. Like, here's the discussion. Eli Manning. It's the right? one, it's the it's always. It's the most disgusting thing in the NFL. One the, at times. In the playoffs, when it mattered, he was great. And especially for two years. And there was other games that he lost that he was still really good in, okay? Yep. I know he had awful games in the regular season. But like Joe Namath, they don't talk about that he has 47 more interceptions than touchdown passes. They talk about that he was great in Super Bowl. And he had Super a losing Bowl, record. That he was great in Super Bowl three. Now, every, we had this huge argument with Uncle Jerry last night. Yeah. And I wish he was watching because he'd be like, you idiots. <laughs> we were talking about quarterbacks and the Hall of Famers and, Super, and he's like, you know, what's your importance? And I'm like... He goes, why do we make it about all these quarterbacks? It's a team game. He's like, it's a team game. It's a team. They win. It's the 53 guys. It doesn't matter if the guy goes 0 for 12 and the team wins or he's 12 for 12 and passing, mm -hmm. and he has 300 yards throwing. It doesn't matter as long as the team wins, right? Yeah. Well, I t we were trying to explain them. In today's society, everyone wants to make it about the individual that, like, hey, if, if the Vikings lose, it's all Kirk Cousins' fault. Or if the 49ers lose, it's all Jimmy G's fault. It's not. But to your question and where you were going with this is, the reason why I think Aaron Rodgers has the most pressure is because when we look at Aaron Rodgers and when we talk Aaron Rodgers, we talk about legendary quarterbacks. We talk about top 10 quarterbacks all time. We're not talking about top 10 quarterbacks this season. We're talking all time. Mm -hmm. Okay? And Aaron Rodgers has been since he's walked into this league, has been considered 
great. But he only has one Super Bowl. And you just told and me like stat I said, that I did not realize playoff that, record, that he had not been in the playoffs since 2016. He's 5-6 pl- uh, since his Super Bowl win. So here's the thing. There are certain quarterbacks that have no Super Bowls, like Dan Marino and Jim Kelly. Mm-hmm. There are certain quarterbacks that have one Super Bowl, like a Trent Dilfer. And, and Brad Johnson, Brad guys John- like that. They have Super Bowls. Then there's guys that have two Super Bowls. Eli, Big Ben. Tom Brady. Brady's got six. Elway. Brady don't have two. Montana. T- but I'm saying. <laughs> multiple. Then say, say multiple. There are very, very few quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have more than one. Listen, Drew Brees has one Super Bowl. Rodgers has one. You want to get to the category of two because when we get, when we get to the end of their careers mm-hmm. and we're going to have an argument and debate, we're going to have the water cooler talk, and I'm going, okay. What's the three or four best quarterbacks that we've seen so far in our generation? I got my four right now. And, Brady, and hold on. Brady. Peyton. Peyton, Breeze, and Rodgers. Yeah. Okay? Then we're going to go, who's got the Super Bowl? So we would say, you and me would say Brady won, right? Yeah, obviously. We would probably Peyton say Peyton, Peyton two. two. And then. Rodgers and Breeze is Rogers up for debate. Three, up still. for debate. Yep. Now, we were hoping Breeze won one because now that puts him in a different tier and category. Okay. Now, if Rodgers can win it this year. Because I think it's all set up for him. The Saints are out. So he's got an easier matchup than what he would have been facing. Does he? They play the San Francisco 49ers. If they do win this week. They did play the San Francisco 49ers this year and did get destroyed 37-8. to 8. I know. Okay. But I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just, he doesn't no, have I'm to just, play the Saints this week, though. He's playing. He's got to play Seattle. It's an easier matchup. It's okay. an easier matchup. But here, but the, my point of the conversation was, when we when not Jimmy G is still younger. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has already mentioned the word retirement, and this might be his best team that he's had since his Super Bowl team. And I think when you're talking about legendary quarterbacks, if you want to be put into a tier of historical yeah. um, category, whatever it is. There's great quarterbacks, there's Hall of Famers, and then there's legendary quarterbacks. If he wants to be considered that next tier up for debate, yeah. that's why I think a okay. Super Bowl for him, it would be more important. And if he fails again, if he fails to lose, if he loses this weekend, yeah. it would be more of a hurt to his career than it will be if Jimmy G loses this week because Jimmy G has more to gain in the future and okay. his first playoff game. Aaron Rodgers already has his legacy. Aaron Rodgers is already, but it's not finalized. I know, I know it's not finalized, but he already has, <clears throat> he already has a legacy. He already is going in the Hall of Fame. That's a given. There's no changing that in the history books. He will be in the Hall of Fame. So one day. will Russell Wilson. My point. I'm not saying Russell oh, Wilson. My point is, is that Jimmy G hasn't done anything in his career yet to get to that point. He wants to prove the doubters wrong because he did get a huge contract. You can use that same argument, though, with Kirk Cousins, though. I know what Kirk Cousins is. I know what Kirk Cousins so he, is. So what, Jimmy what G- happens if he... Because Jimmy G... Did we know what we Eli all, was before 07? No. We didn't. We did. But, but now we know what his match, legacy... He, we went on a, he went on a magic. We don't run. know what Jimmy G's career looks like, his career outlook. We know what Aaron Rodgers' career outlook is. He's going to finish up, has one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. He's going to finish. If he, even if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, he will still eventually end up being one of the top 10 quarterbacks, maybe even the top five quarterbacks. It's that. That's See, a, I'm talking that, about a guy that's, okay, that's going to... That's that a, can increase his legacy. Not a guy that's going to no, build his legacy. That's a given. But Jimmy G, for a guy that got that big contract... 
and for all the pressure coming in. And he played for the Patriots, and he was good for the Patriots. He's been to and one it's still, Super Bowl, And it's though. still the million-dollar question if Jimmy G, can he finally get over that hump and win that Super Bowl? And that's why I see, that's why I see it as I already know what Aaron Rodgers is. What is Jimmy G? They had this argument with Peyton. Eli had two Super Bowls before Peyton. What is Jimmy? But I know that. And that was the thing. It was like, but he, he was still. It didn't matter. Peyton. Okay, if Peyton had more, if Peyton didn't have more Super Bowls, if Eli still eventually, if Peyton retired with one Super Bowl and Eli had two, we're still saying that Peyton was better yeah. than Eli. Oh, absolutely. In the record books for everything, stats, he'll be higher up in in the rankings. Aaron Rodgers doesn't matter if he never wins a Super Bowl again. He still will be. In that top I know, three you, uh, or you, two tier of quarterbacks of all time, what will Jimmy G ever be? Me, what is his legacy? To me, it's, it's about... And we always talk about legacy in the playoffs. It's a different well, animal. Well, my answer is Aaron Rodgers. Okay, mine would be Jimmy G because I know what Aaron Rodgers does. I know what Aaron Rodgers is. I know what he's been able to do. I know he hasn't been to the playoffs either as well in four years. And he needs to deliver. But Jimmy G, for him to get to, if he wants to be that franchise quarterback, and most people think he is, but guess what? If he loses to a team that, yeah, is good, still not, should not be, shouldn't win this shouldn't week, beat shouldn't beat them, then it's, it, it is a, a shot to Jimmy G. And if he plays bad, Rodgers plays great, and he still loses. Rodgers had bad teams, too, that got to the playoffs. Jimmy G has a great team. If he doesn't deliver... You start asking the questions. It's just it's just how it is. You're saying more so because he has an opportunity to build a legacy. For me, yeah. it's a legacy already built. But I and I, Russell Wilson, you, can, you know, you can also say Russell Wilson as well. Since his Super Bowl win, he's five and four, but he hasn't been to a conference championship since 2014, in which he beat who? Packers. Exactly. We just watched it. Exactly. We, we, just, watched, we just watched. It's still an unbelievable. It's still fascinating. Back to, to back passes. He had Doug Baldwin. We're forgetting. You know, we, we keep missing the AFC. We're talking a lot about the NFC, but the AFC. Who faces the most pressure in the AFC this year? There's four quarterbacks. Remember, Ryan Tannehill probably doesn't face any other pressure because well, he's Ryan Tannehill. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. I think this is very easy as well. To me. There's two quarterbacks. To me, it's Patrick Mahomes. Because everybody likes to say, it's like the Aaron Rodgers effect. Everybody was always saying, well, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. But what has he given you? He's given you, okay, one Super Bowl. He's failed in clutch moments, too, as well. He hasn't come big, come up big. You think more so than Lamar? To me, yes. Why so? Just because of what you were saying? Because everybody likes to already put... There's a a greater expectations with Patrick Mahomes. Everybody expects Patrick Mahomes that everybody puts him as he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He has been unbelievable since he's come into the league. He has changed the way... You don't think Lamar's performance in the wildcard last year has... I think think that's why Lamar is second. That's why I have Lamar second. Because... What they've done this year to be 12, 14 and two, to win twelve straight, to dominate, to make everybody look foolish throughout this year. I would say Lamar. I that's fine. And, and I would say Mahomes. I have no issue with when that. When we were just looking at the, um, I would have five, no five thirty eight. So five thirty eight does an exceptional job of breaking down the teams and where the performance is. So making a conference championship, Baltimore is the highest. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
making a Super Bowl. They're a 53% chance of making the Super Bowl. The next closest is Kansas City at 31. So there's a significant drop-off. That NFL and the way Vegas and, and the way analytic teams do stuff, everyone has Baltimore in the Super Bowl almost. It's like – Almost like in a guaranteed type of way. You would expect. In Super Bowl. They have a 35% chance to win the Super Bowl. The next closest is the Chiefs at 19%. That's twice as much. Yeah. Okay? That's why I think there's a lot more pressure on the Ravens. Not only because they have home field advantage. They're the number one seed. Lamar just had a historic season. And we've seen historic seasons before during the regular season. But, you know, he's he's not playing with house money. He's got to beat the Titans. Uh, he has to beat the Titans. Yeah. Because if they lose, it's a total failure. Oh, yeah. And I and I think even next week, he ha- I, he has to get to at least the Super Bowl. Because okay. there's going to be a there's gonna be a but at the end of this can season I, if they don't make the Super can Bowl. Can I tell you something? Go ahead. All and, signs, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing to your – or agreeing with your thing is if you're talking history-wise, Mar Jackson's not going to win the Super Bowl. You want to remember the last time. I got a trivia question. See if you can get this, Ted. Last time an MVP has won the Super Bowl. Will you say that again? Last time the I- last time an NFL MVP has won a Super Bowl. You have to take a guess. Don't take too long. Was it in the 2000s or just can you give me 90s or 2000s? It wasn't in the 2000s. Brett Favre. Nope. It was 1999. The St. Louis Rams, Kurt Warner. Oh, that was the last time an that, NFL. Oh, M- damn. The I last time that. an NFL MVP has won a Super Bowl. I got all that. signs, with that saying right there, all signs point to Lamar Jackson not winning a Super Bowl. Then, if you want to bet, if you want to put your house money on it, just a quick little trivia question for you. Damn. But Pat, it's okay. I so, I wanted to look that up because I was like, when's the last time an MVP has won a Super Bowl? And I'm like. Wasn't Brady? Wasn't Matt Ryan? Wasn't Cam? It wasn't. It wasn't Peyton. Wasn't Rogers? And I had to keep looking. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, oh my god, it was 1990. So twenty, so almost tw- 20 years, 21 years. It's been since an MVP has won a Super Bowl. And 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 listen, I think we're both right. I think we're both right. You can't go wrong with either one because of how great they've been. Those are two of the the. The future pillars of this league. Listen, they are going to be the way, the, and and I'm excluding Deshaun Watson in this conversation just for this point. But these two guys could be the next Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, legendary quarterbacks that carry the AFC for the next. Yeah. Because the way I look at it, it was, it was always Peyton. Yeah. Right. Peyton and Brady, and then there was Roethlisberger or Rivers. Roethlisberger could be like – Roethlisberger could, is like the Deshaun the, Watson. Could be the Deshaun Watson. Could be that third guy that never seems to get the credit he deserves. Yeah. But yep. statistically-wise, winning-wise, team-wise, franchise-wise, he's just he's, – he's, he's right with he's, those guys. Exactly. I mean, you can't go wrong with either one of those, just like the NFC. And we've always talked about how this league is a driven league and this is a passing league. And Dave Gettleman last night, I, w- I looked at a quick 30-second uh, clip of what Dave Gettleman was saying about running the football. And everybody bashed him and saying, like, he's, he's out of touch with reality. And I don't think he's really wrong if you really look at it. If you really think about it, is running the football the main ingredient to winning a Super Bowl? And everybody wants to say, oh, this is a passing league. 
I get that. But it's a passing Are league. Are you stealing my uh, it's a stat pa- thing that, or video that I sent you there? No, it's a passing league in the it's a passing league in the regular season. Yep. But when it comes down to the playoff time, it's about defense and running the football. And if you don't think so, just look at the past previous winners in the Super Bowl. The Patriots, the Eagles, they ran the football. Even when the Patriots won again, the Denver Broncos didn't have good, but they had great defense, and they ran the football. The New York Giants, and, and guess, when they won. And here's the other thing. There was top t- The top last team you could say that didn't really win a team, running the football, was Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl year because he was on another level. Yes. Other than that, you can name off the teams. Running the football is the main ingredient. And if you don't want to, don't believe me. Okay. That's fine. Top. Just hold on. No, no, no. Just look at the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings and why they're playing. And teams like the Saints and the Patriots are not. And why the New England Patriots had such a miserable season and an unpatriot-like season. So, to, to back your point, I have the stats. I, I know. but I, I have you, the stats. Before you put the stats. See, I'm, right. I'm a stat guy now. Yeah, you've copied me. <laughs> I've copied you. So... This was said on a show the other day, and I sent you the video, and I'm like, this is perfect because we're going to use this on the show. It was seven teams. I eight. counted seven teams. Seven? He said eight. I have seven teams. But he said on the show, and I'll and guess No, what? that's fine. Eight of the top ten Russian teams, and I don't have the rankings. It's not like one, I do. Two, eight. Hold on. I do. Eight of the top ten Russian teams in the NFL this year yep. made the playoffs. So that's a significant thing when it comes down to playoff time because – can you run the football and can you stop the run? Because if you think and and I always relate this because I'm a Giant fan. When the Giants won their two Super Bowls, they had a one-two punch and they ran the football and they were able to stop the run. And their quarterback made when the key. Page, when the Patriots win the Super Bowl, they win because of great defense. Listen, and they have Brady, Brady threw for over 500 yards against Philly and they still couldn't win because couldn't they couldn't win. stop the run. When they had their great offensive season, they lost to a team named the New York Giants. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I don't know when the Pittsburgh Steelers were really, really great because they ran the football. And I was just, and I'll do you one better with the whole stat thing. I marked down all the seven teams in the and and still the playoffs, or eight teams, I should say. My fault. Seven of them are in the top fifteen. Baltimore's number one. San Fran's number two. Tennessee's number three. Seattle's number four. Minnesota's number six. Houston's number nine. That's six in the top ten. Green Bay's 15, and then Kansas City Chiefs are all the way to 23. You want to talk about stats, everybody? You want to say, oh, the stats prove all that. The, the stats prove it. What's your point? What's your reason now? Everybody wants to say this is always a passing league. I get that. Passing is good during the regular season. I get but when that. When you get to the playoffs, regular when season. it's cold, yep. it's rainy, yep. and teams, listen, it's just like, Yes, because you have to you have to change your game plan. Russell Wilson and the Green Bay and, and the Seattle Seahawks have to change their game plan at times now. And maybe this week they might have to. Because guess what? It's gonna be cold. It may be having some precipitation in Lambeau. The Houston Texans, they'll have to be able to run the football. To be successful this weekend for the Houston Texans, they're gonna have to run the football. Those two teams and, are the weakest teams in they, the in, in the playoffs right now running the football, the Texans and the Chiefs. And there might be cold there's gonna be cold weather at Arrowhead. It might be there snow. There may be some precipitation as well there. So you're going to have to run the football. The Tennessee Titans, the reason they're playing on Saturday night and they're not home is because they gave their 230-pound or 240-pound back 
the ball 35 to, 34 times for two for 185 yards and dominated the New England Patriots. Ran the football. The Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, yes, made an unbelievable throw. But the Minnesota Vikings are in the a, or the NFC Divisional Round, and the Saints are home. Well, it's quite simple. Dalvin Cook had 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and they fed him the ball. And the Saints had no answer for him. The New England Patriots had no answer. Everybody can point the finger and say, oh, well, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. That's fine. That's all right. Okay. But when we looked for past years, the reason, the main reason, is why you win a Super Bowl is ultimately because of defensive play and running the football. And, here, and, here, and everybody that, if they want to keep saying, well, the stats say, uh, well, well, here's sorry. The, well, here's the other I, thing. I have, I have the stats right here. Chardes. The stats say that seven of the teams in the playoffs are in the top 15. Well, here's the other thing. It sets up the passing game even more so now. I mean, just look at the Minnesota game versus San Francisco. Jimmy G leads all quarterback in play-action pass yards. So Kirk Cousins leads all play-action quarterback passes in touchdowns with 13. So those two teams are so reliant on the running game, it sets up everything else because those guys are not Mahomes. They're not Rodgers. Now, the biggest thing we've critiqued Rodgers' class of is or the Packers, and not really Rodgers, is they haven't had a running game. But this year's different with the Packers. This is why they game. can possibly win, because they have a running back that they can feed the ball to, an Aaron Jones-like play, a, a type player, and one of the bright young backs in this league, Aaron Jones. And he's had a hell of a year. The Kansas City Chiefs, the reason why they're getting hot and they're dangerous right now, and maybe the second favorite to win the Super Bowl is because are they're, they they're, are. they're okay. behind Baltimore. Is because their defense is getting really good, well, but the, they're running the football with Damian Williams, Darwin Williams, Lashawn McCoy. They are running the kind of like the Eagles did back in the day you know with Garrett Blunt, Corey Clement, and Darren Sproles. Am I missing somebody else from this Eagles? I feel like the Eagles had like five or six <laughs> running backs that year that they went to the when Shot they won it. the Super Bowl. And it just popped in my head. We're talking we're talking Super Bowl because that's what this is all about, getting to the Super Bowl. We're John, three weeks away. John Elway's teams and the Denver teams made it to the three Super Bowls and got blown out. Yeah. He couldn't win until he got a running game with Terrell oh, Davis. Oh, yeah. Remember Terrell Davis? Yeah, guess what? They won the Super Mar- Bowl. Listen, as good as that Rams team was passing the bill, it was, you know, the yeah. greatest show on turf. Marshall Falk. Had over a thousand yards rushing. The ability for him to run the football. So you can you can say whatever you want about how passing. It's, it's, not, it's how, not that be all. all but not, you can say whatever you want about passing and passing it. Trust me, is I'm not saying it's not important. Please do not take that out of my. Because when it's third and five, the you're not running the like football. That. You got to be able to make a play. A, pa- a play. What I'm trying to say game. is that everybody likes the stats nowadays. Okay, I get that. Well, the stats say that the reason why seven of these eight teams, playoff teams, top 15, and why the teams like the Minnesota Vikings and the Tennessee Titans are still there and still alive, it's because they run the football. And you look at it, they do it a hell of, they They're pretty damn great at it. And that's why all these teams are still in the playoffs and teams that can't run the football, maybe with the exception of the the Houston Texans. I was going to say the Tennessee Titans, but with the exception of Houston, say, I thought you were going to say Dallas Cowboys. No, they, I wasn't. No, I wasn't going to say that. I was just going to say the team. Like you just see it in previous years. I'm not saying passing is not important, 
But everybody always wants to say this is a passing. I get that. But we got it. it comes, now let's go. Passing. It's a passing league in the regular season. But when it comes down to it, that's where you separate the boys from the men, or the men from the boys. It's just that simple. Running the football. I had an, I had another analogy run, for a team. Running the football Phoenix, is the Phoenix Suns in basketball. Up and remember the run and shoot. Yep. They're up and down the court. High but when up. you get to the playoffs, you're not going to be Oregon do, Ducks. You're back not going to be day. able to do that. The game slows down in the playoffs because now your team's focus is on that team. Yep. So you're going to have to be able to win on the half court game in basketball. Just, just pointing out facts. And speaking of quarterback play, we didn't really get to talk about it on Tuesday because. Well, we are talking about the New York Giants and their big hire and stuff, but we never got to talk about it. And, and the two teams that we were talking about, and it was my Super Bowl prediction this year, and I have to make a new where, Super Bowl. Where, where are we going with right now? What pitch are we going? I'm making a new Super Bowl prediction. I have to because my Super Bowl teams. Talk about the pocket passer nowadays. And is that dead? Is the pocket passer, and we talked about this a year ago. Would you rather have the dual threat or the pocket passer? And now you're starting to see the game change. And I know why people want to say that the offensive line is not important. It is important. But when you do have a quarterback that could move in the pocket and extend plays, it makes your offense a lot, better. Your offense a lot better. So I wrote down a couple of, t- of quarterbacks of the pocket passer age, the current quarterbacks that are still you would consider pocket passers. Okay. Drew Brees. Struggled last week. Didn't look good. Got pressured. Can't really move. Okay. Brady. Got pressured last week. Couldn't really move. Rivers. No playoffs. Struggled this season. Eli. You know Eli. He got benched. His career looks to be done with. Matt Ryan. Missed the playoffs. And then the other one was Jay Cutler. Those are all the quarterbacks right now that are po- that you would describe yourself. Cutler. Yeah. Those were only the pocket passers that are still kind of in the, that are still in the NFL. Jay in the NFL. He's a free agent, but he's still. If you wanted to put pocket passers, well, yeah, it, you didn't go through every single thing because you could have been like Fitzpatrick, but he shows some athleticism. My but point I, is, a pocket passer is you, so, a pocket passer quarterback is a guy that just stays in the pocket. He does not move. He's pretty much a statue. You know who's that? Can I tell you who's that right there? You forgot one, and he's in the playoffs still. Kirk Cousins. He's a pocket passer. Kirk Cousins, with the exception he's of Kirk Cousins. A total of okay. But yards. is the pocket okay, so you just gave me one. And you could probably put Jimmy G maybe in that category. But, yeah. Okay. So that's two of the eight quarterbacks. So is the pocket passer quarterback dead? And we didn't really talk about it last week with the with the Breeze and the Brady losses. I think here's the thing, it's, it depends on how your team is built. And I'm gonna make this really simple. You can have a pocket passer quarterback, but your offensive line better be a top 10 or better be a very good offensive line blocking passing-wise. Okay. Okay? Because if you have the Houston Texans offensive line who can't block anyone, you better have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson who can make plays with. Okay? You don't need Lamar Jackson. There is no Lamar Jackson. There's There's never been Lamar Jackson. And Michael Vick is not. The Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers athleticism is a realistic thing. Daniel Jones. Is a realistic thing. It's like the poor man's. It's like Big ben, Big Ben is another thing that you don't have to be able. You don't have to run a four four. You don't have to be great at athletic. Not everyone's going to be even Russell Wilson, but you have to be able to move enough in the pocket for rollouts, play action passes, and it. Perfect example: Joe Burrow, and that one we're going to talk about it next. No, His ability to move in the pocket and, and and extend plays is greatly needed because when your offensive line can't hold up. You need to be able to move because you're a sitting duck. 
Tom Brady is a sitting duck there. We know that we've talked about this for years. If you get pressure up the middle against Brady, you can own the Patriots because he's, his best attribute is moving up in the pocket, stepping up, and making the throw. You want him to go left and right. Now, with Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, and Lamar, you don't want these guys out of the pocket. You almost want them in the pocket. It's not Where would you categorize yourself? Would you consider yourself a um, – would you put yourself as a um, – Yeah. A guy well, that and he, and he, I would consider well, myself and, and a dual threat quarterback. And here's the other thing: people have to realize this. If you don't watch college football, the name, the college football game is leading that way. Okay, yeah. it's spread offense, it's movement with the quarterbacks. They're putting more athletes at the quarterback position. You're not seeing the typical prototype quarterback. Even the two quarterbacks that we're going to talk about in the national championship, right after in the next segment, both have athleticism. They're not pocket passers, which they are because they probably would be pro-typically. Yeah. But they ha- look at what Trevor Lawrence did last week against Ohio State. Didn't know he had it. 64-yard touchdown run down the sideline. Did not know he had that. Breaks my heart. Joe Burrow. Well, I've watched him. It, crucial moments. The Alabama game. The Georgia play. Throwing, coming across the field and throwing remember it to the Justin Alabama Jefferson game? and going. It was going. the third down run, quarterback yeah. throw up the middle, and they go, that's going to be his highest. Is that going to be his highest yeah. moment? It doesn't have to be exceptional, but it has to be just enough to help your offensive line because you have to have a strong offensive line if you if you have a pocket passer. What would you, what would you, what would you put me there? Would you put me as I'm, I'm a dual threat? You're not a quarterback. Can you I, give me, if you had to, okay. am I a dual threat? Am I a statue or am I dual threat? You're a oh, come on. I'm, I'm moving in the pocket, man. Yeah, you're moving, but I don't know come where Come on, going. NCAA football, I was the greatest quarterback ever. I was the best. I just think <laughs> that you're going to see more and more in the future quarterbacks with more athleticism. Yeah. And because that's the way the name of the game and the is. Day in the, and the day of – And, and, and the here's d- the other thing. The defensive players that we haven't even mentioned that are playing in these playoffs, the pass rushers, are elite. Oh, yeah. There's a guy going to be coming in the NFL draft this year named Chase Young. He has exceptional talent and speed. Now, most quarterbacks are not going to be able to run away from him. But when he gets pressure, you're going to be have to be able to move. You, and you have to have enough athleticism. With the way the game is changing in, in today's day and age, this is what it's going to be. And players like, look, we'll always appreciate the quarterbacks. Like Breeze, Brady, Peyton, Eli, even Matt Ryan, guys like that, will always be greatly appreciated of those players and what they've been able to do on the field and display their greatness. But in today's day, just like everything happens, changes, the world changes, and we're always moving to bigger and better things, and you're hoping to become more advanced, and that's what it's become. The NFL is changing that way in the sense of the pocket passer is on the verge of Jimmy, being Jimmy on G the ver- and Kirk Cousins are pocket passers. It's almost on the verge Sorry, of they're, they're pocket passers. It's almost on the verge of being almost extinct because Breeze and Brady are going to retire soon. Roger or Eli and Rivers are going to be gone, and even Big Ben as well. And then you have you're going to have Cousins think, and Jimmy G. I know, but here's the thing: you don't have that many quarterbacks, so to see that it's kind of sad. But just like you said, Ted, that's the movement. Of the NFL now. Here's the thing: when we talk po- when we talk pocket and dual threat, everyone's gonna have this argument. They're like, "Well, Aaron Rodgers is a pocket pass passer quarterback." Yep. Yeah, but in his earlier years, his ability to move with his legs, and he still got it. There's a lot of times I've seen him throughout the years on third and five, third and six, scramble and then slide to pick up a first down. 
He had the athleticism. I'm not saying they have to be Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, but sorry, Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins don't have that athleticism. They're pocket passers. Nope. Tannehill has athleticism. Lamar has athletic. Deshaun Mahomes. Um, Rodgers. And then, in the course, the Rodgers-Wilson. The other two games, the two pocket passers left in the game are in the Vikings. Are in the first game. And they're in the first game. So, let's – I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna give you. A, I want to ask you your prediction, let's, and let's, let's go by the team by team. Well, like we have it set up. No, just quick prediction. Why? Who are you picking? We're not gonna go to pick by when. Pick. Who's winning and why? We're gonna start with the first game. Do we have the upset? Do we have the Minnesota Vikings continuing the run to the NFC Championship, or does Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49er prove all the doubters wrong and stay dominant? I was going to say candlestick, but they are not a candlestick anymore. Who's going to the NFC Championship? Will we be going to San Fran for the NFC Championship, or could we be going to Lambeau or CenturyLink Field? I think San Francisco wins. Why? And I, and I Why? say think, but I— Don't think. Pick it. No, I, I, can, pick I can say think. Okay. Don't tell me what so I I'm So I'm, I'm I think the Minnesota Vikings win, but I think that maybe that San Fran might win too. Just pick, who's gonna win? Come on, pick it. San Francisco because they're gonna be the healthier team. Go into really. The, oh yes. well, the, well the Diggs has been dealing with a flu this week. Thielen just had stitches on his ankle. Yeah. Okay. That sucks, man. That it, that sucks because you want to see a full healthy team. And then also, San Francisco's getting D Ford back. Kawan Alexander. Kawan Alexander. Back. They're, gonna, they're gonna have all their pieces be, yep. back. Not playing last week. Is it is a huge advantage? They had a stat up a couple weeks. Having that buy has been so tremendous in the last like seven years. It's almost been a seventy five percent winning rate of teams with the buy with going into the NFC Championship game. That buy is crucial, yeah. and for the 49ers who have been dealing with so many defensive injuries, yeah, that is to get everybody coming back at the right time is very important for them. And what do you got for a score? Twenty seven twenty one. Okay. I got the San Francisco 49ers as well. I think the run comes to an end. But if they get to run the football like they did last week, the Minnesota Vikings have a great shot because they are talented. This Minnesota Vikings team is a very talented team. I just love what the, the San Francisco 49ers have built through the draft with their defensive line. And if Jimmy G can play great like he's played in moments this year, then the San Francisco 49ers should take care of business. But this game should be a close one. I feel like everybody's really not giving this game a chance, kind of like the— Kind of like last week. Nobody's given the ch the Vikings a chance, and I I understand that. But they did just go into the Superdome or New Orleans and beat a team that we thought was going to be representing the NFC. But I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. They will be hosting the NFC Championship this year. I got a score of 24 to 21. I'll give you three points. Very guys. close game. What's the, the the spreads in this game are ridiculous though. Like like I saw Houston's a 10 point underdog. Um, or a nine-point underdog. Ravens the Ravens are a ten-point favorite, and then the NFC games are, are are a little closer. But to see those spreads, damn, they're still they're still no spread. respect in the AFC. No, kind of no respect. Well, because of the the factor of Lamar and Mahomes being so exceptional, I understand. And I, it's I, not I, a I knock on Watson, but the surrounding cast around him is really poor. <laughs> That's true. So let's get into the other the AFC matchup tomorrow night. The first AFC matchup. Other Baltimore Ravens going to continue this. Impressive winning streak. This dominant winning streak. You look like you're ready to pick. You look like you're going with the upset. I don't know what he's going to do. The Tennessee Titans, you know the story. They go into Foxborough. They pull off the big win. 
Are they going to be lead? Is Derrick Henry going to lead them to an AFC championship, or does the dream season of the Titans come to an end? Titans. I wouldn't consider a dream season, but season ends. The impressive season. The Music City Miracle, the Nashville Banjo, and everything else. Nashville Banjo. It's going back. They're not winning this week. This is the Ravens season. They're winning this Did you game. pick the Titans last week? No. Oh, did you pick the I Titans? had them losing by three points. So I had them covering the spread. And I know we're not having to talk about odds and Vegas stuff this week as we did last week. But I had a closer game. Remember, I had like three scores of 20 to 17 last week. You were close. Which I was almost close in every close. game because that's what a lot of the games but were. But it comes to an end this week. Yes, absolutely. Because I think this week. Do you week, think Mark Ingram's think think injury thing. plays a, a huge factor, though? No, I don't. I don't think because I think okay. they have enough talented players around. I think the biggest difference is Ryan Tannehill is going to have to make plays this week, and he's not going to be able to. And this Baltimore defense is better than that New England defense. They will come to attack. That crowd will be fired up. They will hit Derrick Henry in the mouth, and they will continue to, and he won't rush for over 180 yards. He might get 100 yards, but he's going to have to. He's going to earn it a lot much more hard so than he did yeah. last week. And I just think, listen – I think the Ravens start sluggish because they really haven't yeah, played as haven't a unit. Played. They they set out week 17. They set out last week. So it's almost going to be three weeks until Lamar and that offense has been on the field. But I think once the second quarter gets in, you know, when you start getting the rhythm yeah. of things, they're going to start flying high. They're going to start rolling. Earl Thomas, that defense, Marlon Humphrey, they got so many pieces on that defense. What do you got for a score? I think they win big. Okay. I think they win 31-17. I think this is going to be a closer game as well because I think that – the the Titans have an alpha of their own, and it's not their quarterback. It's their running back. It's their guy they can lead on. I know what the Baltimore Ravens are. They're a juggernaut. They have the best player in the NFL this season. They have a dominant run game. Their defense has been nasty this year. They hit you. They don't make your your day at the office fun. It's not. They just don't. They got great coaching. They got the experience coaching as well. I love the Baltimore Ravens. I want them to go to the Super Bowl. If I had to make my Super Bowl, I'm going to make my Super Bowl prediction right now. My Super Bowl, because I have to make a new one, would be Baltimore against Seattle. I'd love to see Baltimore against Seattle. But I wouldn't mind seeing Kansas City against, against Green Bay. That's just me. I do think Baltimore wins, and I think they win. I think this is a I think this is a game that's closer than everybody really thinks. I think nobody's giving the Titans a chance, but they have a great defense as well. They hit you in the mouth. They're going to punch Lamar Jackson in the uh, in the mouth. They're going to punch this Baltimore Ravens team in the mouth and give them something that they haven't seen maybe all year. Well, the, here's the thing: the Titans haven't faced them all year. So. That is true. So, it's, so this, it makes it fascinating. It makes it fascinating. Yeah, but this could also hurt you because not. There's one thing to prepare for a team. There's another thing to see Lamar Jackson in person on the field. That's true. When he's running by you. I have a final score of 28-21 to 21 Baltimore Ravens. So we have half of our NFC and AFC championship games. Who's joining the party? Let's get over to maybe the game that everybody expects is this week's version of the Saints and Vikings, in which everybody thinks the Kansas City Chiefs should win with the exception of the state of Houston or the state of Dallas or Texas, I should say, my, my fault. I expect Kansas City to win. But a funny fact, did you know that the Kansas City is 1-7 in, se- in the last eight home playoff games? Yeah, we knew that last year. The only win they have is against the Colts last year. Yeah, we know that. We did, did every, does everybody we, know that? I don't think everybody knows that. I think people just think, oh, well, they're, they, they're going to be great. because that, that was the big thing last year when we were talking I about know, the playoffs. I remember I picked the Colts. 
I'm not going against the Chiefs this year. I don't go because Andrew Luck's not playing. Uh, the Chiefs roll. The Chiefs I think roll. The Ch- I think this is this week's blowout victory, and I think it's not going to be close. I love Deshaun Watson. I love what he brings. I love his excitement. He's he's one of the bright young stars in this league and one of the pillars of the future for the NFL. But Kansas City, they're playing so well right now. They're crisp. They're getting healthy as well, too. And their defense, that's been the biggest question for the Kansas City Chiefs team. It hasn't been about their offense. It's ne- it hasn't been. It has never been with Patrick Mahomes in their offense. It's about can their defense just play to a level above average. And they have the past for the past eight weeks. They've looked dominant. They've shut down people. I expect them to shut them down. This is also a rematch of early uh, early in the season in which the Houston Texans won. I do not expect the same results. The the season comes to an end for the Texans. I got the Baltimore Ravens against the Kansas City Chiefs. I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning 31-14. Comfortable, and I think the weather is going to possibly play a factor, so we'll see in that. But this is this week's version of a blowout. I say 27-14, Chiefs. And I don't have to add any more to it. Okay. Because these two teams, I think the Chiefs and the Ravens are the two best teams that are in the AFC. They've been all year. It was just a matter of t- of the Chiefs getting healthy and Mahomes getting back to where yeah. he was. You said it right. I don't think I think that was the biggest question. Has been vastly improved this season with Steve Spagnuolo. Their biggest change is when they move Tyron Matthew up closer to the line of scrimmage, yep. where he is able to help in the slot, play defense against the run, blitzing all types of packages. He's been an MVP caliber player defensively, mm-hmm. Tyron Matthews, since he's made that move when Spags moved him up. Listen, Spags, the, baby, doing Spags the, things. The Texans, listen, they had a nice win last week. They should have lost. They should not be in this game right now. Deshaun Watson's the only reason why they are in this game. He will keep this in the keep them in the game for most of the time. But at the end, the Chiefs will win. Okay. And I look at the score as 21. Oh, you said 27-14. 27-17. So we have our both AFC champs. We're both in the same AFC. This is where things could be a little different right now. This is probably the game of the weekend, the most intriguing matchup. Lambeau Field, legendary Lambeau Field, having the cold, maybe some weather. All the formula for an instant classic in Lambeau Field. And you get two great quarterbacks. And that's what the, that's what it comes down to, the fascinating part of this, is that you get probably the two best quarterbacks in the NFC this year with the exception of Drew Brees. You already heard who I, what I, I was going to pick. And you know who I picked. I'm picking, and I've already said it pretty much throughout this, throughout this, I'm picking Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm picking the Packers. It's probably, for me, the upset of the weekend because I don't think a lot of people are giving the Seattle Seahawks a chance because they're de- de- the injuries. They don't have that great of a team. If you had to put the team rankings, you probably put Houston and Seattle in the same kind of tier because of the factor that Russell Wilson doesn't – he has players, but he doesn't have – I would have, Seattle ahead of Texans. Yeah, so would I. But they don't – they're not far off. I would put – It's not like – I would put uh, Seattle after the top – after the hold on, after the top two seeds in both conferences, I would put the Seattle as fifth best team. It's not like the the gap between those two. Is I would huge. rank as Baltimore, Kansas City. I think the Vikings have more would, talent if, than both teams. I, oh, I I think so too. The question with the Vikings has always been the quarterback. They have two stud receivers. They have a good tight end. They have an exceptional running back. They have a good defense. Now I'm not going to say great because I don't know if any defense is great. Okay. Because we've seen the 49ers with great defense. They also gave up 40 points against the Saints. So don't tell me they're great when they give up 40 points against the Saints. That's not great. Great is the Baltimore Ravens of 2000 who never gave up more than 17 points a game. Nope. Okay? That's what great is. Mm-hmm. The, 40, the Legion of Boom, or 
okay, of Seattle a couple years ago. That was a great defense. I the got Denver Broncos defense would beat Carolina Super Bowl. That was a great defense. I see this game being going into the fourth quarter, a one-possession game. I love I, – I mean, you can't go wrong with either I'm quarterback. Take, I'm taking in the, the last Packers 27-24 over the Seattle Seahawks. You can't go wrong with either quarterback for the last-minute drive because these two quarterbacks are legendary with doing things like that. They do legendary pressure's things. Pressure's on Rodgers. The pressure is on Rodgers. The pressure is on Wilson as well. He needs to get to a conference championship. He hasn't been there in six seasons. Also, and Malifor's then this, first, play- first playoff Yes, first playoff game against uh, Pete Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll. But they've also stated, Pete Carroll has stated, that they are going to run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. They are going to feed him the ball, feed the beast the ball. Guess what? Like I've said earlier in the show, running the football could be the main ingredient to leading your team to a Super Bowl. I got the Seattle Seahawks for part three in the NFC West matchup for the NFC Championship and a trip to go to Miami. So, our final four is set. Seattle, San Fran in the NFC Championship. And then we get Mahomes versus Jackson for a right to go to Miami. And you have the Green Bay Packers, the top two seeds in both conferences. I can't wait. Time will tell what this weekend's going to bring. Last weekend was great. There were a lot of great games. Let's see if a team could get over 20 points, too. There might might not be a better weekend than this weekend between the divisional playoffs and then Monday night, the national. I can't, I mean, this is like I said, it's football Friday. I can't wait. I'm excited for these football games. I hope that maybe my prediction comes true and I would love to see the Seattle Seahawks against the Baltimore Ravens. I'd love to see green Bay against the Kansas city chiefs. If you're a football fan, it's, it's crunch time. This is it. There's three weeks left of the NFL season. Football is coming to an end to all football fans. Let's enjoy these last three weeks. Because last week started off great. I expect the same exact results this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking our only break. When we come back, like I said, there is a national championship to still discuss. Who would you rather have? Lawrence, Burrow, who's winning the national championship? And has the layoff, 16-day layoff, hurt the importance and the relevancy of this national championship? You're listening to Keys to the City. We'll be right back, ladies and gents. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Yes, like I've said, there is still a national championship to discuss. It's been such a, it seems like an eternity and since we haven't talked college football. Because that's what's happened. A 16-day layoff. It's unheard of. It's unthinkable. It's unspeakable. To think that we still, oh, we are about to go through two weekends of the NFL playoffs and still not have a national champion. In college football is remarkable, but has it hurt the layout or the lay- has the hurt layoff hurt the relevancy of this game? Because this game has all the makings of a classic. It didn't matter if it was LSU, Ohio State, or LSU, Clemson. 
those were the three best teams. And everybody that wanted to say, well, we need to have eight teams. Not this year. There was without question three great teams. And everybody and then the fourth team was whoever wanted to whoever wanted it. Whoever wanted to lose. Whoever wanted to win. And whoever wanted had to have that chance to get embarrassed on national TV. These were the three best teams. We had a we had a game that unfortunately my Buckeyes lost. But the Clemson Tigers come in 14-0. The LSU Tigers come in the 14-0. Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Hilaire, Travis Etienne, Justin Ross, T. Higgins, Isaiah Simmons. There's a plethora. Granta Pitt. Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. Brett Venables. Brett Venables. Joe Brady. Joe Brady. And don't forget about Coach O, baby. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. My thing is, is that college football was great this year because you had three dominant teams. And that's what we knew. It wasn't like the it wasn't going to be like anything different. We knew what the results were going to be, but then you think about it: sixteen days to not have a, a national championship, it just hurts. This is I know this is not going to be a yearly thing, and it won't be. But this is not a good look for college football because how important, how big of a game this really it's, is. It's the way, this yeah, game it's is the way, so it's the way everything set up. And with I the just year. said that it's a year. It's not going to be a yearly thing. This is just no. a one-time just like, thing. Just like the the semifinal games were on New Year's Eve one year. But it's almost like this is like the one year you didn't want to have this layoff because of the factor of how great these two teams are. And if it was going to be Ohio State as well, these these three great teams. I think it helps both teams. I think individually, it but it hurts the sport as a selling point. You I have, think it hurts LSU because no, of the way the the way they played in that national semifinal. It didn't make a difference against Oklahoma, and they had three weeks off, bud. I, why would you think sixteen days is going to make a difference? Because o- Clemson's not Oklahoma. So what? This is a different team. I, I it, the way they were playing helps their running back. With the way, okay, that's fine. But with the way they were playing and how great they were in that national semifinal game, to literally every drive. It was so exciting because of the factor if to see if LSU and Joe Burrow was going to be stopped in that game. At one point, you thought they were possibly going to put up eighty or, or seventy to eighty points because of how good they were. And to see them, this layoff could hurt LSU because of how fast and how hot they were in that game. I don't think so. I'm and you have to prepare for a team that's been there, Clemson. They've been in this situation. Dabo Sweeney has been in this situation. Trevor Lawrence has been in this situation. This team has been in this situation. LSU hasn't. So for them to play the way they played on December 28th and to wait this 16-day layoff, it could hurt LSU. I know it hurts the sport. That's a guarantee because from what all the articles we've seen, it it takes and people have complained, and it does stink. It's not a good look for college football. Because of the national semifinals, how great they were. It was great. It was what the Ohio State Clemson game was the most viewed college football playoff game in the short history of it with 21 million people. People wanted to see it. For people to now see, oh, wait, oh, wait, there's still a, there's, there's a national championship game on Monday night still. Well, see, the, I thought uh, this see, played the last av- week. See, the average fan doesn't. Realize but that. even that, but that's see. I think. But I'm talking about college okay, football fans. And, and, that that and, that's frustrating. But for these teams, I think it's a benefit. It because might be. you're going to get the best of both teams. 
You're going to get an LSU team that's fully rested, ready to rock and roll, building off of what they had already done to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get a Clemson team. Now, they just went through a 12-round battle against Ohio State. That was a war. Yeah. From every article and things we read, that was a war. If this game was seven days later or ten games later, LSU would have a drastic advantage over Clemson because most of those guys didn't even have to play the whole – didn't play even the fourth quarter. Might as well the second half. Mm-hmm. And then Clemson just got out of a 12-round bout. So you're going to get Clemson at full rest and health. You're going to get LSU at full rest. And that's what makes it scary, And and that's what's going to be great for the game because you're going to get both teams at their peak. And that's what you want to see for the national championship. That's why the Super Bowl, when they did the one year, I never liked it. When they, they Now they have two-week gap before the Super Bowl. Yeah. They used to have one week. At one point, they used to alternate. And and sometimes that could be a hurt because, you know, no, depending they still on how— they have the one-week gap. No, it's two weeks. The Pro Bowl is in between the Super Bowl. And the yeah, NFL. but they play on Sunday, and then they have the one week. Then and then they, they play the, the Super that's Bowl. That's considered two weeks. Yeah, that's considered— In that's, the football terms, yeah, that consi- That's considered okay. two weeks, two weeks to play. In the normal world, it is. Uh, it's all right, buddy. I know, I know, I know you love me. I know you love. Me. But no, let's get into the quarter. Let's get right a, let's get into the quarterback matchup. And who would you rather have? I mean, you can't go wrong with either one of these quarterbacks. You have the Heisman Trophy winner on the verge of maybe having their greatest season in college football history for a quarterback, statistically and just in general for what he's done to this team. And then you get Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a college football game this entire se- in, in in his career. So he doesn't know what losing is. And you saw what he's the gutsy performance that he played in the national semifinal game to come back and to play and to look great. He's been there, but who would you rather have? You like I said, you cannot go wrong with either one. So when I look at these two quarterbacks right now, yes. And what makes this game exceptional yes. is the quarterbacks. Now I know you're gonna be like, Ted, we had two in Trevor Lawrence last year, but we didn't know what Trevor Lawrence was total yet. I think this has the makings of the Texas Longhorns USC 05 National Championship game, which some people believe is the greatest college football national championship of all time. And that was Vince Young versus Matt Weiner, Mm -hmm. two exceptional quarterbacks, Heisman Trophy candidate quarterbacks, one who won one, one who probably should have won one. Mm -hmm. I just want to give you a little information about these two quarterbacks. So Joe Burrow in the past four games, has 17 passing touchdowns and no interceptions. It's pretty remarkable. You said last four games? Last four games, he has 17 passing Is that touchdowns. including the eight-touchdown performance? Last, He's last only game. had 17? 17 touchdowns in four games, that's pretty good. Not include. I mean, three, but he had, he had eight of he them in one game. He has three games this season over 470 yards passing, and according to Pro Football Focus... He has a 70% completion percentage and a 146 passer rating when pressured. So that's exceptional. And we know what type of year he has. 55 touchdowns. He has over 5,000 yards passing. Then you look at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence in his past eight games, I know it went a little longer with Trevor Lawrence, has 22 touchdowns and no interceptions. What what I'm trying to get at is these guys are playing at an exceptionally all-time high level, and they're not turning the ball over. And Trevor Lawrence has a school record right now of 202 consecutive passes without an interception. So the question you asked me was, who would you take right now? And it's such a hard question because in my mind, you can't go wrong with either I, one. I don't know who to pick. Because right now, Joe Burrow, depending on how this national championship game, could go down as the greatest 
college football season for a quarterback in the entire 150 years of college football. This is the 150th anniversary of college football. Mm -hmm. And he could go down having the greatest quarterback season ever. And there has been some exceptional quarterback from the from Play. the from the Houston quarterback Weir from the Case early nineties, Andre Weir, Tebow years, Matt Weiner years, Cole Brennan, Vince, Cole Brennan, Case Keenum, Vince Young, two was. I mean, you can go on and on and on. Okay, Sam Bradford. But then you look at this guy, Trevor Lawrence. This is a guy that has not lost a game in his college football career. Nope. He's been exceptional in his college football career. And then when I look at last week's game, being down 16-0, 13-0. No, he's done 16 nothing against, yeah, against Ohio State. I, I was questioning no, myself. No, he's done Ohio State. To be almost knocked out of the game, to take a huge hit, to come back and lead his team to victory, to have over 100 yards pass, rushing, to have over 200 yards passing, to be the leader, the, the guy that we all thought he was going to be this season. That he is. And he, he is. is. I mean, how do you go? You're picking a guy who's going to have possibly the me, greatest college football season ever statistically me, to a guy who's never lost a college football. Me, league. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. I, I I say that with I say that with no disrespect to Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow, like I said, and you have said, Ted, his season is remarkable. It's it's truly fascinating to see how this LSU team. We know what LSU has been up until this point this year. They were a team that was really good. They were a top 10 program, but they never found a way to find a great quarterback to put them over the hump. And we always said if LSU could ever find a quarterback that can put that can be just a, like good, not great. He doesn't have to be Joe Burrow great. If he was good, they would have won one or two national championships. I really do believe that cuz they were that ta they were that talented. All those years to they were see talented. them to see where they are now. And that's credit to coach O. That's credit to Joe Brady, and you got to give the credit to Joe Burrow because they, all, those three, are the main reasons why this team is fourteen and zero, and this team has kicked, they kicked ass throughout this entire season. And, and they've dominated. And can I answer this conversation too? You know, I was just while you're talking, I'm trying to give you an answer because I never really give you an answer. Because, I took Trevor because, Lawrence because here's the thing: Trevor Lawrence has played in these big time games. He did it last year. He beat Notre Dame, then he beat Alabama. So he's been in a national championship game. I mean, he, last Hold year on. he took he took. He took care of okay. business and, against both and of those he, and teams. He, and he's won those games, okay? Yeah. Then you take the game against Ohio State. Huge game. Maybe not bigger than the national championship, but just. But that's what I. And hold on. And being down. And he won all three of them. But then you got to go back to Joe Burrow in this season. A guy that's beaten six teams that were in the top ten in college football. Six? Six. Six teams he beat in the top ten in college football this year at one point or another. Now, Texas didn't finish in the top ten, so you don't have to correct me yep, anymore. That's fine. But at one Ooh. point or another, it was third and 17 at Texas, and we didn't know what Joe Burrow and LSU was, and he made that pass yep. to Jefferson for, a touchdown. for down, <coughs> excuse me, down the sideline for a touchdown to win the game. He beat Florida, a top ten team. He beat Alabama. He beat Georgia. He beat Auburn. He beat Oklahoma. He beat Oklahoma. He beat – I mean – he has exceptionally won every big game and played outstanding against every team that he has faced this year. He has not had one poor game. Here's my thing. Here's my thing about Talk the Clemson thing. And we and the biggest question mark going into that national semifinal game was for Clemson. How would they deal with adversity? 
And I think they did a pretty good job. And that's the thing that I give the edge to Trevor Lawrence and this Clemson team over LSU because that was their biggest question mark is that can they overcome the adversity and can they deal with a deficit? I would say they did. Be, so I'm going to give you my answer because I want to make my answer you now. You still I'm haven't made your answer? No, I didn't make my oh, answer. Oh, I thought you did. No, I never did because I was I said the, Trevor Lawrence. Because I was making arguments for both guys. But I think the way this season has played out, I think I have to go with Joe Burrow. It's, it, Didn't you pick Trevor Lawrence? I never picked him. I thought you did. No, we had talked about it during the week. I, I thought you posed, I, I thought you I, voted Trevor Lawrence on the poll. I could change my mind. Well, go change the pick then. Because what it matters is right now. I think it has to be Joe Burrow because it's magical. He's been phenomenal okay. in every big game. I just and then, I mean, I was just looking at Burrow, 26 touchdowns, three interceptions. Over 2,700 yards passing his last eight games. He's averaging over 340 yards per game passing. I mean, the remarkable numbers that he has. Now, I can't even make an argument because both of these teams are so similar. They both have outstanding running backs. Ed, Edwards Hilaire for LSU is a beast. Travis Etienne could have been a Heisman candidate. I mean, he was unbelievable. He's a back-to-back ACC player of the year. They both have – they're both receivers for both teams are going to be first-round talent, NFL powers, uh, talent. Their players going to be drafted. T. Higgins and Justin Ross mm-hmm. are phenomenal receivers for Clemson. Then you go to LSU with Jamal Chase, uh, Jamal Chase and um, – <laughs> Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. No, they. It's, there's talent all over the field with this game. That's why this game is – could be one of the all-time greats. And one of my questions to you, Ted, before we even make the prediction and why, is if Clemson wins this game, have they become the new Bama? NFL as you wins, how magical of a season was this? And where would you rank them among its greatest of all time? And I wanted to say this quickly for Clemson. Why I said, are they the new Bama? Well, since 2012, their most losses was three. 2014, 2014. They have had 79 wins since 2014. 13 an average. Two national championships. They've been the three. Now they're in, and they've been the four. They're going for the third. Is this the new Bama? Because you think of what Bama did for from 2009 all the way to last year. They were the cream of the crop. They were the alpha. They were the top tier in college football. You can never get over the hump and beat Auburn. Or, with the exception of Auburn, nobody was beating Alabama. Now you look at Clemson. You don't even have to go on. They would be. If they win again, that would be three titles. In four years. No, three titles in four years. You're talking about a team that hasn't lost a game in two years. They would have 30-plus wins. They'd be going into next season as another— That's probably the favorite. As the favorite winning the championship again next year with the best player coming in. You think about this. You're going to have the number one pick in the NFL draft this year and Joe Burrow going against the number one pick in next year's draft in Trevor Lawrence. That's the type of talent. I asked you the other day, can you think—and I can't— and USC, Texas. That, no. Oh. that You would think that you would have two of the top— Players in the NFL draft, especially quarterbacks, going against each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fascinating to see that we're going to have possibly the two next number one picks in the NFL draft. It's, and, and not just in a regular season game. I'm talking about a national championship yeah. game. So, this game has so much excitement in it. This it will be the new Alabama. You look at their draft class. Clemson just finishes the number one draft class again. They are starting to bring in NFL those LSU, type of people. NFL LSU wins. They just got one of the top quarterbacks 
dual threat quarterback, six foot five. I'm not even DJ. Yeah, he's he, if you haven't seen him, he's unbelievable, an he's unbelievable actually, talent. He's actually playing scout team quarterback for them this week to get used to as Joe Burrow. So they had three of the top four defensive players in the country go to Clemson. The D line. LSU wins this game. Where would you rank them? LSU. All LSU time? wins this I don't, game. I can't rank them historically because you think of this team. Okay, I'll give you one better. I'll just give you in your terms. In since you've been watching college football, where would you rank this team then? Because you got to think about it. they have a five thousand yard quarterback, they have a one thousand yard running back, they have two one thousand yard receivers. Defensively, I'm not even talking about them because they have talent as well. Where would you rank them for the times that you have watched college football? Easily top ten. That's eat. That's that's like a that's so vague because that's a um, given. Where would you rank them? I see. It's weird because the game is. I would the say, only team I would compare them to is is USC back in the day. Miami 01. Oh, Miami 01. That 407 team was pretty stout. Was yeah. pretty friggin' stacked. Yeah, I, I remember. They were stacked. I remember. And they had talent all over the field. So where would you rank this team though? Top five. Okay. I'm just curious. I just want to know. That was it. Especially was offensively. It. They might be the best offense that I've ever seen in my 32 years of lifetime. Okay. That's offensively. Alabama this, this, was Alabama was very similar to you, them last you year. You told me that and I could not believe that, they, that last uh, year. Was, so everybody and I I kind of wanted to just be like is this kind of like last year's game because of the factor that everyone was like this is an amazing LSU team. This team is unbelievable. Joe Burrow's amazing. Well, well the difference is Burrow and Tua with the stats. Well, the stats, okay. He had 5000 yards and Tua had 4 at 3800. Okay, that's fine. But he was out in the fourth quarter. I mean, Alabama didn't play. Remember we kept talking about it? Tua's stats probably would have been about 5000 yards, 5500 yards. Who knows? Yes, sir. But we think about it. LSU's averaging 49 points per game this year. Okay, nice. 560 total yards. Oh, you know what Alabama did last year? They averaged 56 points a game last year and 522 yards of offense. And then the defenses kind of was their weak links. 340 for LSU, 320 for Alabama. And then you get this Clemson team. And now I know this Clemson team is not as great as they were last year. But they're great in the sense of they've had to deal with the adversity. They, they have this chip on their shoulder, even though they are the defending champs. They haven't lost in two seasons. They still have the, chi the chip on their shoulder. And that's why last year, this team was so good last year, Clemson. But this team is different in the sense of, and as good as them as well. They could be 15-0 two straight years. And it's fascinating to see what Dabo Sweeney has created in Clemson. And it's, it's awesome to see what Coach O has created with LSU. And I'm so glad that USC messed that up again because continue to make mistakes. That's why USC is a joke in college football now because that could have been your head coach. I know we're saying, oh, well, we don't know what he would have been. He was pretty good with USC. He was 6-2 and two as their interim coach, and they didn't want him because they, didn't, they couldn't understand him when he talked. Well, guess what? He's on the verge of possibly winning a national championship, and you're still po you're still in the dumps in the Pac-12. So whatever USC, but Coach O for what he's been able to do, bringing in Joe Brady for, and Joe Brady got to give the credit for him to transfer for to see the transformation of Joe Burrow for a guy that we, that we never talked about, we never knew, for most fans didn't know anything about, and now you see him right now on the verge of shattering the records in maybe college football history. Not shattering, but on the verge of breaking the records in college. He's not going to shatter. 
I don't think he's going to no, shatter because yeah. yardage and pa- I think he's still behind in yardage and the touchdowns. He's only four away from breaking the record, or three to br- three to tie, four to break. Colt Brennan's fifty-eight touchdowns. The most interesting and, and matchup that I see in this entire game is the matchup of Joe Burrow versus Isaiah Simmons. Because Joe Burrow, I love. I, I look at it as the coordinators. Brett Venables versus Joe Brady. That is also a, a, a very great because, matchup. But I would say because Joe Burrow, the reason why we saw, we the last time we saw Joe Burrow, he made Oklahoma never want to come out and play football ever again. Isaiah Simmons, he, everybody wants to talk about how great Chase Young is. And I, I get that. Chase Young was the best player in college football with the exception of Joe Burrow. But boy, oh boy, check out number 11 because he's all over the field. If you can't hear number 11 or you don't see number 11, then you're not, you're not, you must be blind then because he is all over the field because he's playing in the backfield. He's playing in the secondary. He's playing in the, as a linebacker, he's playing in the, in the box safety. He's pressuring the quarterback. He's getting to the quarterback. He does everything that you want in a football player. He's just a great football player. Like I've said with Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson, he is just a great football player and why these guys become successful. And I think that's the most intriguing. The Joe Beatty matchup against Brett Venable matchup is as well. I couldn't disagree with you at all with that. But to see Joe Burrow, what he's done, to see what Isaiah Simmons is for that, he's the quarterback. He's the leader of that defense. He's what they listen to. Joe Burrow is the leader of this team. And guess what? For Clemson to stay in this game and make Joe Burrow uncomfortable and moments that we haven't seen him. And that's the other thing that we haven't talked about. Joe Burrow, he has the best offensive line in the country. And Clemson doesn't have a great pass rush like they did last year with Dexter Lawrence. That's why I said Wilkins. to you, matchup-wise, Ohio State would have matched, oh, yeah. matched up would've, yeah. They would have matched up better. Yes. This Clemson because team would this Clemson team last year would have matched up better because defensively because of the factor that their D line was nasty. They had three first round picks, and that's why I said Ohio State would have had a better chance because of their pass rush. Yeah, but I, I love the match because, because I would have loved to seen Chase Young and the rest of that Ohio State defensive line against the best offensive line in the country, which w- did win the award for best offensive line in the country. And just go look at his highlights. He never seems to be in, dire- in under pressure. Look, these two teams... And even when he is, he's still completing over 77% of his passes. You know you know how I always like to say, oh, you got to be perfect? These teams don't have to be perfect because they already are perfect. These two teams are the definition of perfect because just look at their records. Look at what they've been able to do each and every game they step on that field for 60 minutes. You look at LSU... They haven't really faced a lot of adversity throughout this year. What have they been able to face? I don't think Joe Burrow has. I think this team, I mean, he's he's picked apart every team that he's played this year. But he's, he's had tough games. Clemson. Because had their, the, off, their offense has been so Clemson good, Clemson didn't, uh, didn't face adversity up until the Ohio State game. You saw how they reacted to it. They came back and won the game, being down 60 you really, nothing. You, you really worrying about LSU, though? Like you think, Me? You think, I'm you not, think I'm if not, they're down 10 nothing, you have to worry? Uh, No. With that offense, they can, change, they can change the game to make it 14-10 like this. Go ahead. 
Go ahead. Are we making, oh, a, are we making our predictions course, no, right we're now? We're not going to make the predictions at all. We're just going to watch the game and have no predictions. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hell, whatever. No, make the prediction and why. So I want to read this off because this is the reason why I'm going to make my prediction. I'm curious to see who you're picking. So LSU offense leads college football with a 97.1% red zone scoring percentage. And you usually say, oh, Ted, is that good? (laughs) It's really good. And a 78% touchdown rate, which is fifth. Clemson's defense ranks second nationally in both red zone touchdown rate at 35% and red zone trips. Yep. So for those interested in the opposite numbers, Clemson's scoring attack is ninth at 75%. And LSU's defense is less inspiring at 63% which ranks 84th. Now you ask me why I say that is because the only reason why Clemson's in this game this week or this time is because they didn't give up touchdowns against Ohio State early in the season where they could have been down 21 or 28 nothing. And we at one point, yeah, I told you when they were went up 16, nothing. Yeah, I know. And I said to you, I said, those field goals are going to come back and haunt them because we used to talk about the Giants all the time in history. We talk about with the Patriots every time the team plays the Patriots. You got to score touchdowns and not kick field goals. Yeah, I Ted, I. I totally agree. When they went down on that first drive, Ohio State, and they did not score, go up seven nothing. They only kicked the field goal. I go. That's a huge win. How about for the miss? How about I mean, just the missed opportunities. The Justin Fields throw to J.K. Dobbins hits the end, hits right in the hands, and but instead it hits the but ball, he, hits the ground. So the reason why I bring this up is because Clemson's a bend but don't break. You said it; they don't have the pass rush to get to Joe Burrow, and they give up a lot of yards. They give up over 500 yards against Ohio State, but they didn't give up touchdowns. But here's the thing: they haven't faced an offense like this all season. No one really has. I don't think in college football history we've ever seen an offense this good. Well, this for talented. my time watching college football, no. No. This no. talented, this good. No. I mean, everything yep. from the offensive line yep. to the quarterback to the running back to the two receivers to even that coaching boss. To even the coaching the, staff. Who's the tight end and the son of Randy Moss. To even the coaching staff. Yes. <laughs> the play call. We have not seen. And that's why LSU is going to win the national championship because they're going to score touchdowns. Because Clemson's going to be able to score with them. Louisiana, not, baby. They're, they're going to win it in Louisiana. they're not going to be able to hold them out of the end zone like they did Ohio State. Ohio State's offense is exceptional. They're good. But there is a different and level. And they win in Louisiana. But this LSU game and this team offensively they, is at a whole different level that I have never seen in my – They win in the – Trev, six. they would have put up 70 points against Oklahoma without a question of doubt. Well, they only – they scored 63. So, yeah, that was a given. Oh, <laughs> they, they had 63. They might they have get, scored 100 if they wanted to. That's what I to said. Then. They were on the verge. Well, that's why that game was so exciting because you didn't know if oh, if they were going to be able to be stopped. LSU is going to break the, break the streak. This magical run is going to end where it should. In New Orleans. Yep. In at the Superdome. Less than, yeah, it less, is technically a home less game. Less than 50 miles away from the stadium. It's technically a home game. So Everything about this LSU team has been magical this year. From the Joe Burrow story to the Ed Orgeron story to this whole team as a whole. Everything has been magical. Is this co- how, about, how about this? And I think it would is be, this the is this? And I think it'd be great because what it'll do is it set it up for redemption Ted, next you year know, for Clemson. Do you know what this? this you, got, you said it earlier. Do you know what this is? This is the 2005 national championship. This is Texas and USC. This USC, is it. USC was on the street. The, the USC nobody can beat them. They were on the verge of. They, they were the greatest uh, program in college football at that time. Yeah, back to back. The only difference between in that game is that the Heisman winner was on USC and it wasn't Vince Young. Joe Burrow and this team, that was a magical season for the Texas team. That Texas team dominated everybody. 
on the the the, Pac, the Big Twelve Championship. They beat Colorado seventy to three. They were a, a team on a mission at Houston Reliance Stadium. Yes, they were a team on a mission. They played against a USC team that we thought no one can beat. They had Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush, Liner, Dwayne Jarrett. Um, who was the running back? Who was their Lendale back? Lendell White. The talent on the defense. I, I know I'm missing guys, but there were so much, so so great players on on that both team. teams on both teams, and that's what you're getting with this game. And it was in the Rose Bowl, which made it even more magical. And Texas came in, and you know how that game ended. And and to this day, it could be the greatest college football game ever. Not even national championship, the greatest college football game ever. And this has all the makings of that. It's in Louisiana. This team's 14-0. Joe Burrow has been criticized forever. He's about to be on the verge of being the number one pick. Just won the Heisman. Could be the greatest statistical season in college football history. Ed Orgeron. You know the story of him. Was that Ole Miss? Got got let go of. Became the interim coach at USC. Got let go of. Became the interim coach at LSU. Became the head coach at LSU. Now he's about one game away. He's 60 minutes away from a national championship in LSU. And then you're playing against a team that has not lost, hasn't faced a lot, hasn't seen what losing is. In over two years. In over two years. They got maybe the best coach in college football right now. They got the best defensive coordinator. And Dabo Sweeney. They have the best defensive coordinator in college football. And they might have the best quarterback in college football. I'm sticking, I'm going to go with the Clemson Tigers. I do, I I think it's probably, I'm probably going to be, who knows? Because this, but because I'm not, I'm not a good betting man. But for what, what I saw, because what I saw against Ohio State, for them to be down 16 nothing. And most teams would sometimes just kind of pack it in the way they were getting dominated in that first half. And to see the leadership, the gutsiness, and just the experience and the great play of that team. And I think Travis Etienne has a huge part in this game because he is also from LSU as well. And I think nobody's really talking about that, the battle of running backs. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. There's you, so much to talk about. There's so much you to talk about. We do another hour show just on this that's game. Why, that's why I think... And we just talked about it for the past half hour or so. The layoff, it plays a part in this game because this game, if this played a week ago and they had that week layoff, this game would be discussed so much more. It has nothing than to it, do with that. It has to do with that it would have hurt Clemson because of the amount of time. But I'm, pick, I'm picking Clemson. What do you got for a score? What are you thinking? I'll put it this way before you say your score. Um, I look at this game. Oof. To playing know. out at like the Deshaun Watson Clemson Alabama game where last man went the ball. I I got thirty eight thirty five. I think that was the national championship score. I think Texas higher. Texas LSU or Texas Oak. Um, Actually, you know what? USC That's a good game. score. That's a lot, what, man. What you got thirty eight thirty five. Thirty eight thirty five. I like. I'm gonna take the same score. Just gonna flip the teams. Okay. Do you know the spread right now? Is there a five and a half point favorite LSU? I think that's really hot. I think that's just disrespectful. I man. don't think it's disrespectful because the way you're seeing this LSU team play. I know. I just think it's a slap in the face. They're almost a touchdown favorite to a Clemson team that's on. Un- They're also home. They're pretty it's much. It's like a home Pretty game. much it is. So, I mean, Dabo's going to play us against the world, and you probably might be right. But guess what? He's this, been doing it. This is good. exceptional, folks. If you enjoy football, you enjoy sports, 
If you're still up at that time. Oh, I will be. Enjoy the Saturday games in the playoffs. Enjoy the Sunday playoff games. And then put the cherry on top on Monday night for yep. the national championship. It'll be on every network possible. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, football's coming to an end. There's not much time left for us football fans. Let's enjoy it. I know some most of our teams may not be in the playoffs. But this is why we call ourselves football fans, right? You watch football because you love football. So enjoy this weekend. Because there's going to be some great games from Saturday all the way till Monday night. I can't wait to see. We'll have a new national champion or we'll have a repeat champion. Time will tell. I can't wait to see it. Like I said, if you wanted to see our hoodies, you've seen our hoodies. If you want a new hoodie, if you want one blue or black, you can message us. The $30, let us know, please. They're very comfortable and they're nice. <laughs> but like I said, everybody... Have a great weekend as well. We'll be back Tuesday to discuss national championship and the divisional round games. Everybody, we are Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Everybody, we are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.